We have a full room. Well, not quite, but you, you get what I'm saying. So it is so good to see you guys. You know, we do start a new series this week. Uh, let me take this off. That we titled, uh, Speaking of Jesus. You know, it's something that we believe is important. Uh, we say that because we do believe our mission here is to help people look, live, and love more like Jesus. You know, when you see our mission statement, our, our, our logo, it says Trinity, more like Jesus. And, and we're not saying that, you know, we're more like Jesus than everybody else. No, we're, it's a shortened version of we want to help people look, live, and love more like Jesus because we know when we do that, lives are changed, families are changed, communities are changed, and as a result, the world changes. We desire to be a church, a place where everyone is welcome, no matter their questions, no matter their background, no matter their doubts. We want to be a place where people can feel comfortable coming and learning along with us what it is to live in a relationship with Jesus and how we seek to look, live, and love more like him. But not just a place, because the church is not a place. The church is a people. And so we desire to be a people who go into our everyday lives and, and help people understand who Jesus is, to have those kind of conversations with the people in our lives. We want to be a people that go and follow Jesus' directive of making disciples. You know, those first century Christians, those ones that Paul were, was writing to that Caleb just spoke about there in Rome, those Christians did the same thing. They went and they spoke about Jesus. They spoke to one another and they shared the good news about Jesus because they had the good news. And they shared it everywhere they went. And the exciting thing is, is that today, the formula hasn't changed. It's still the same. Sharing the news of Jesus, Jesus still presents himself through our testimonies. And what's really exciting is there are more Christians on the planet than ever before. There, in fact, there are over 200 million Christians just here in the United States and of the 2 billion worldwide. There are more Christians to share the good news of Jesus than ever before. The problem is we're not sharing the good news of Jesus. A recent survey showed us that spiritual conversations, the average Christian in the United States, 74% of us have less than 10 conversations a year. And you can see it's a very broad definition. Any conversation that you have, any spiritual conversation, and it wasn't just a face-to-face -face conversation. You could have had it over the phone. You could have had it on email. You could have had it through Twitter. You could have had it wherever. A very broad definition, yet we're still having fewer and fewer conversations. There's more ways to communicate now than ever, but yet we're communicating less than ever. Which is important to understand when you read what Paul says in today's scripture that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. But he says there's a problem. How then can they call on the one they, have not, they've, they not believe in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them or telling them? And how can, they, how can anyone tell them unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The problem is, Jesus is relying on us to be the ones to tell the people that don't know. That's the problem. But the good news is, we're supposed to have beautiful feet because we have the good news. 
But it's only when we share that good news that our feet are beautiful. Paul identifies a problem, and it's really acute problem today, when you consider that we're having fewer and fewer conversations. So we want to do something about that. So we're going to spend the next eight weeks learning how, through some very practical steps, how we can have more and more spiritual conversations, how we can actually become eager spiritual conversationalists, sharing our faith, sharing our stories. And I can tell by some of you, because I can see your faces behind those masks, that makes you a little bit nervous. I get it. I'm right there with you. You know, your mind kind of wanders and you start to picture the worst, right? You know, he's going to send me to the train station on Monday morning at like sunrise and he's going to have me go up to a complete stranger and, and point out that that's a beautiful sunrise, isn't it? Yeah, that's nice. Well, did you know God did that? You, you, want, you want, to, want to talk about Jesus? That's not what we're talking about. Although stranger things have happened, but that's not what we're saying. We're talking about having spiritual conversations that flow out of the conversations that you're already having with people that you know. Having spiritual conversations with the people that you're already in relationship with. Having spiritual conversations that build upon the conversations and the relationships that you already have. You see, we want to do that because we believe that when we do, lives are changed and the world changes. As we begin, would you pray with me? Father, we do gather Again, as always, in the name of Jesus, that powerful name. And we pray that at the, at the sound of his name that every knee would bow. Father, we ask that you would give us hearts to proclaim that name wherever we go. I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart would be pleasing in your sight, that your word would mold us and shape us, that my words would be your words, and we would leave here changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So my first question for you this morning is this. Jesus says to his disciples, go and make disciples, teaching them, telling them everything there is to know about me. Paul tells us, all of his followers say, we need to go. All of his followers in the first century and through to today, share the good news of Jesus Christ. Why, when we have the good news, why is it that when we have that good news, we're reluctant to share it? Why is it we're not having more spiritual conversations? Well, I think the reason is some things I've heard and, and really some of the same reasons I've given. The first one is, uh, I don't know what to say. Do I point out the sunrise? Do, I don't know where to begin. Do I, do I start the conversation? Do, do I wait for them to ask me the hope that I have before I venture down that scary road? I don't know what to say. I don't know where to begin. Or I don't know if I know enough. I don't know if I know the answers. I mean, I'm a pastor. I'm your pastor. And how would it make you look if I didn't know the answer? Right? So I, I, I don't go there. Or maybe I, I, I don't know enough about my Bible. Right? If I, if I knew more about my Bible, you know, if I, if I actually read it, because I don't really read it a lot, but if I read it, I, I'm pretty sure I would share and have those kind of conversations more often. But I, I, just, I just don't know enough. Or maybe it's this, it's, I don't even know if I care. 
Yeah, I don't know that I care. I, I'm not sure it's my job. Right, Tony? That's what we pay you for. That's why you get the big bucks, right? I mean, you're the one that's, I don't even know if it's my job. So why should I even care? Why is it that we have those ready-made excuses for not sharing the word of Jesus and having those spiritual testimonies? Why is it we do that? Well, Terry and I, my wife, we've been married 36 years this year, and she has one brother. She has one sibling. It's her brother, George, and he lives in St. Louis. And probably almost as long as we've been married, and eh, not that long, but for a long time, we've wondered, what does George believe? Because we don't know. We'd never ask. And so what do you think we've done? We've prayed. Prayed fervently. Said, Lord, give me the opportunity to share. Give me the right timing. Give me the right intro. I want to be able to have this conversation with George. And so we show up and we go to St. Louis and we, we, we go to George's house and, and God never gives me an opportunity. So I've never shared it with George. Why, why is that? I think if we're honest, we can say, we're afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I'm going to screw up the relationship. I'm, I'm afraid I'd say something wrong at the wrong time. And if I did, well, then our relationship's going to be really awkward from now on. And, and, and it could really make Terry and George's relationship really awkward. I, I'm afraid. If I'm honest, I'm afraid. And if we're honest, I think we'd say, we're afraid. Right? We're afraid that the neighbors are going to look at me different. He's the, you know him. He's the Christian that lives on the corner. You know, you're, you're concerned about that. You kids, you're concerned that you're going to be eating lunch alone. Right? Well, you're, you're eating lunch alone now because of COVID, but you know what I mean. You know, and you're worried at work that you're going to be ostracized. You're worried what people are going to think about you. You're afraid. You see what it is. It's not how much we know. It's a heart issue. See, there's more information now than ever before. There are more books. I know more friends that have answers. It's not a head issue. It's a heart issue. And our fear betrays that. Which lead, led me to another question. Why is it that these early Christians that Paul was writing to, that Peter was writing to, and the apostles were living in, why was it they had so much to fear, so much more than me? Why, when they had so much more to fear, were they having more conversations? They couldn't stop talking about it. And it made me think of this book it's on my shelf that I had read several years ago, and I bought it because of the title. The title was great. It's like, why on earth did anyone become a Christian in the first three centuries? Why did anyone become a Christian when you consider what they had to give up to do that? They risked being ostracized from their own families, from their communities. They risked persecution and death from the religious and the political authorities. They had a lot to risk, not just to become a Christian, but to remain a Christian and then go beyond that and actually tell other people that they were Christians. Why, when they had so much to fear, were they so eager to share about Jesus? And why is it that we, who have so much less to fear, are having fewer and fewer conversations about Jesus? Hurtado in his book says, you know why the reason that they share their faith? Because they were very passionate about Jesus. 
and about sharing the good news with people. See, here's what it is. We've lost our passion for speaking of Jesus. I'm not saying we've lost our faith. I'm saying we've lost our passion for speaking of Jesus because what you're passionate about, you'll talk about. Let me give you an example. This has been an exciting week, right? The Bears are 3-0, and right? They're going to the Super Bowl. And guess what? Both baseball teams were playing baseball in October. Not long into October, but they were playing in October. Right? And Tuesday night was the first presidential debate. How many of you tuned in for that one? And guess what? This weekend, COVID's in the White House. Talk about it like a person, but COVID's in the White House. Right? And Friday, probably the most exciting thing was Apple Plus TV released the last episode of Ted Lasso. Go, Ted. So here, let me ask you this question. How many of you have had at least one conversation about any of these topics this week? Anybody had two? How about ten just this week? See, I think it reveals that what we're passionate about, we'll talk about which reveals that we've lost our passion for talking about Jesus, as evidenced by the fewer and fewer conversations that we're having. But not just that. I think we've lost our passion for Jesus. Because, see, passion will overcome your fear. Last year, Terry had a conversation with her brother. And she told me, she says, well, I had the conversation with George. And I was like, great. I just had the perfect opening, and you'd step right in. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what did you say? And she's like, I, I just asked him, George, do you believe in Jesus? And I was like, well, that's not bad. <laughs> I'm like, well, what did he say? And, and she's like, he said, well, of course. What, what, what do you think? And we were high-fiving, and I was so excited. And it, it, it invigorated me, and I started, I, I actually began a conversation with a cousin of mine via text that I've been meaning to have for years. See, it was Terry's passion for Jesus and her passion for her brother that overcame the fear. It wasn't a head issue, it's a heart issue. We've lost our passion but our passion can overcome our fear. But the reasons I think it doesn't, I want to I highlight three for you this morning. Three reasons. There are more than three, but these are three that I'd like to share with you. I think the first reason is we're just, we're just distracted. I mean, there's so much going on that's vying for our time, and their organizations are spending billions of dollars for your attention. And you, we are eagerly giving it away. And so distracted, we forget Jesus, and we forget that he's depending on us to share the good news with the people that don't know him. We've become distracted, but we've also become comfortable. God says to Moses and the children of Israel, as you enter the, as you enter the land that I'm going to give you, the land that has everything you need, when you grow fat and sassy, don't forget the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. See, we've grown comfortable we live in the most affluent society in the world, and we've grown comfortable, and we've forgotten 
the mission that Jesus has given us. We've forgotten there are people living all around us that don't know him. There's millions of people living right around us that don't know him, and we have the answer, but we've become distracted, and we're comfortable, and it's all way too familiar. Right? We've lived with our faith for a long time, and it's sort of like take it for granted. You know, the things that are very familiar, you know, like the spouse you've been married to for 30 years, you kind of, you can, you can take them for granted. And in doing so, you just are disinterested, and you forget the precious person that's walking right next to you, your neighbor, the one that God gave his life for, who was created in the image of God that doesn't know him. We've become distracted, comfortable, and familiar, and we have forgotten Jesus, and our passion is, is, is waning. But see, here's the good news for all of us this morning. While we are distracted, comfortable, and familiar, Jesus has never been distracted, comfortable, and familiar and forgotten you because you are his passion. You are the one that he came into the world for. He came into the world not distracted by this spiritual battle that we can't see but we know exists. He's been fighting it from the beginning and it has not distracted him from his main goal and that is that everyone would be saved, that you would be saved. He never has gotten distracted from his mission. And he certainly gave up all hopes of comfort when he came into this world as a human being. As a poor man, as a man who was ridiculed and persecuted and killed. You talk about giving up your comfort knowingly for people who would disown you, forget you. That's who he came into the world for because you are his passion. And while he is very familiar with you, he knows more about you than anything more than you know about yourself. He loves you anyway. He, he never takes his eye off of you because you are his passion. But so are those people out there that don't know about him. He died for them as well. And he says, you and I have a responsibility to go and tell those people about this good news that Jesus has come into the world. Not because he's angry at them or that he hates them, it's because he loves them. And he desires for them to know that and to know him. And then to join us in that mission of sharing that good news because everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. And we have the opportunity to go and tell them about, that, about him. But it does no good if we keep it to ourselves. So we are going to spend the next seven weeks, again, here on the weekend and in our small groups, taking some very practical steps to rekindle our passion for Jesus and consequently for our fellow man. Because we believe when we do, lives are changed, families are changed, Communities are changed, and eventually the world changes. 
So we're going to do that the next eight weeks, seven weeks. So I'm going to leave you with one homework assignment. Yeah, homework. I'm going to leave you with one homework assignment. Just one. Come back next week. That's right. Come back next week. Come back every week. How's that? Come back every week and let's see if we together can't rekindle the passion of God's church and make a difference in this world, in our communities, and in our families. Come back and let's do this work and let's see passion rise and fear wane. And let's just see what God can do. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for being patient loving us in spite, in spite of ourselves. Father, we confess to you this morning that we have grown distracted, we've grown comfortable, and we have become way too familiar with our faith. Father, we ask this morning that you would rekindle that passion. Rekindle it as you remind us again this morning that you have paid the price for those sins. You have paid the price we sit here and stand here this morning living in the righteousness of Jesus. At the same time, remind us, Father, of those that sit and stand this morning not knowing you. The great news is you've given us that news to share with the world. Father, rekindle that passion within us as we pray to you this morning, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.